0: house of the Lord, we made it, we made it, we survived, oh hallelujah, he's an awesome God, let us take a moment right now to exalt him and worship him and bless his holy name, let us forget about ourselves and concentrate on him, let us pray, mighty God, we just worship you, we bless you, almighty God, we exalt your holy name, oh God, we thank you, Lord, that you are a good God, your love, your grace, and your mercy never fails. Father, as we come, join in worship on this day, uh, the first Sunday of this new year, God, we just thank you that each day you bless us with brand new grace and in mercy. And so, Father, Lord, we ask you to help us right now forget about ourselves and concentrate on you. May you be glorified, may you be magnified, may you be exalted as we bless your holy name. Oh, Father, speak to our hearts, uh, transform us, revive us, renew us, and refresh us. That we will walk, Lord, and according to your will, Lord, we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Hallelujah. We serve an awesome God, and we encourage the worship of God and fellowship with us a little something like this. We want to take
2: Jesus with you. The Jesus in me. The Jesus
0: All one in the body of Christ. So one in the body of Christ. Holy so we can love. Go ahead and welcome somebody in the house of God. Go and Jesus in me, Jesus in you. Jesus in you.
1: In the house or worship to worship the Lord today well, well, well. Yeah. did you come in to, to give our Creator our master yeah. our deliverer our savior our counselor yeah. did you come to give him praise this morning yeah. I know you might be worried about the weatherman man some weather man talking about it is a forecast of snow but don't worry about that yeah. <laughs> God got you yeah. and he will surely take care of you. Amen, amen. We we come to praise God this morning. Amen. 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 This morning, the pastor's going to preach about the cost of one thing. The cost of one thing. Coming from the gospel according to Mark chapter 10. The gospel according to Mark chapter 10. We're going to go down to verse 17. If you're able to stand in front of God's word, you may do so. The Gospel according to Mark, chapter 10, verse 17. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Mark 10, starting at verse 17. You all have a say, Amen. Amen. All right, then. And it reads, As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Mm. Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. Mm. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Mm. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I have obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Mm. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. Mm. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Mm. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Mm. At this, the man's face fell. And he went away sad, for he had what? Amen. Amen. You with me? Amen. Amen, church. Let's have a word of prayer. Holy, 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 Lord, is thy name, Lord. There is none like you, Lord, for you are our God, our Savior, our Creator, Lord, and you know all about us, Heavenly Father. For you even know our thoughts, Heavenly Father. For you know all about us from head to toe, Heavenly Father. Father, you know what's good in us, what's not good in us, Heavenly Father. Father, for we are your creation, Heavenly Father. Father, you created us for good works, Heavenly Father. Father, let us honor you at all times with what we say, with what we do, and how we live our lives. Let us live a life that's pleasing and holy and acceptable to you and in your sight, Heavenly Father. Father, let us always remember, Heavenly Father, the ultimate price that we pray for all mankind on Calvary, Lord. Lord, let us never forget minimize or trivialize Heavenly Father, the suffering that Jesus our Lord and Savior had to endure Heavenly Father for us Heavenly Father we thank you Lord Lord we just thank you Lord for a reasonable portion of health and strength Heavenly Father thank you Lord for allowing us to to be here on this first Sunday in the year 2024 Heavenly Father Father you blessed us Heavenly Father last year Heavenly Father Father you blessed us I'm asking, Lord, you bless us to be more prosperous in 2024 than we were in 2023. Help us to to live a life that's more pleasing and holy to you and acceptable to you, Lord. Help us, Heavenly Father, to be better this year than we were last year. Heavenly Father, in obeying your worries and following your worries and doing, Heavenly Father, your commandments, Heavenly Father. Father, for we love you, Heavenly Father. Father, please bless in the sanctuary this morning. Bless from the front of the church all the way to the back. All the way in the festival, Lord, help us right now to just forget about ourselves. To just forget about whatever's going on, Lord, and just worship you in truth and in spirit, Heavenly Father. So we ask you to bless every song that will be sung, bless every prayer that will be prayed. Please bless the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going forth all across the world, Heavenly Father, that it changes us from the inside out, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen, Amen. church.
0: That good news to know the Lord is a present help Amen. in a time of trouble. Amen. He sits closer than any brother. Uh, we serve an awesome, magnificent God. Uh, as we turn to our God again on this first Sunday uh, to worship Him, let us pray to receive His word. Father, we thank you for just one more day in the land of the living. That we're able to bless your holy name with the strength and the activity of our lives. Father, as we were able to turn that calendar over to a new year, we thank you, Lord, that as we look over, we see that you have been good to us. Now, God, we want to continue to walk according to your will. Revive us, renew us, refresh us that we will walk in right relationship with you in this calendar year of 2024. Uh, Father, prepare our hearts and our minds to receive a word from you today uh, that will help us to walk, Lord, and give you glory and give you honor. Help us, O God, to have your word hidden in our hearts that we might not sin against you, so that the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be accepted, Lord, in thy sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. If you have your Bible open to the gospel according to Mark, uh, we're looking at chapter 10, verse 17. We'll start and then we'll go to verse uh, 22. As we look at this text, I I want to give the context that this is towards the end of the gospel of Mark. Uh, Jesus has set his eye to go to Jerusalem, uh, to go to Calvary, to die for our sins. But we're going to see that there's a man that interrupts this journey because he has his own itinerary. He has his own agenda. But yet I'm so glad that sometimes in our lives we may have our own ideas and plans, but they might lead us to Jesus. Come on, can I get somebody to help me out today? That, that I, I was headed for one purpose, but I got the right purpose when he, when he steps into our lives. And when we look at this text, I'm highlighting this, this theme that this is uh, the, the cost of one thing. When we think about that, so let us meditate on that for a moment. The cause of one thing as I lift up uh, this reading to you again, uh, Mark 10, chapter 17 to 22, the word of God reads, As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, you must not cheat anyone. Honor your mother and father. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Praise God for his word. Those who are able to stand, honor of God, where you may be seated. Help me announce the subject matter to your neighbor. Tell them the cost of one thing. What is stopping you from giving up that one thing? What is the one thing that, if you could change to improve your life, you would do? What's the one thing you would do different if you had another opportunity to do it differently in the past? But I'm going to encourage you now to focus this on Christ. What's the one thing you need to give up to help you to refocus your life on Christ? What distractions have come up into your life that have removed you and distracted you from having your mind stay on Jesus, we sing a song oftentimes, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. And I know you might have been real like me, there were some mornings you sang that song, but realize that's not how my mind was when I woke up this morning. But what I'm going to encourage you to let you know that he's a keeper. <laughs> that there's times that we are out of our minds, or times that we're dealing with stress and dealing with so many issues that even while we are lost, we, we can refocus and help somebody. And we can refocus and put our mind on you. And he'll keep you in perfect peace. Those that keep their mind stay on him. Uh, we're looking in the year 2024. Many of you might have a vision board or have a New Year's resolution or just have a new attitude and a new goal to say, I'm going to do better this year than I did last year. Uh, this might involve change in behavior. Change and to, of improvement of your health or your financial or business or relationships decisions. As you are moving forward, you're realizing that there might be some things you have to change, some things you have to remove that are not beneficial to your growth and your achieving what you want to get. So you have to have your mind made up to give up what you need to give up in order to gain what you want to gain. But the question is, what will it cost you? I want to talk today that we want to know the cost of following after Christ, knowing that the reward is great. But my question again is, what's the one thing that you might not give up? Know your goal and know how you want to achieve your goal. But my question, does your goal involve Christ? Our text shows us Jesus is on his path. He is on his goal. He knows where he is going. He's on his way to Jerusalem. Y'all see that there in the text? He's on his way to Jerusalem, and he knows that this is his final destination. He is going to die on Calvary, going to die on the cross. And I want to highlight that because that makes even more emphasis when he tells the man what to do for this one thing. Because he says, then follow me. And if I'm going to follow him, i got to follow him to Calvary. Think about that for a moment. Jesus' path is leading him to Calvary to die for the world. But this man is not global in his vision, but singular in his vision, as oftentimes we are. When we are thinking about goals, we think about how it's going to benefit me. I want to know what's going to make me wealthy. I want to know what's going to make me healthy. I'm not concerned about you. I'm concerned about me. And so here's this man comes, interrupting Jesus on his journey, saying, how might I inherit eternal life? Not knowing he's talking to eternal life itself. Not knowing he's talking to one that makes it possible for you to have eternal life. But he's concerned about what can I get out of this for me. This man has the idea that if I work hard enough, it's going to be good enough. And so this man has good intentions, but he's not there for the right purpose. He had the right idea knowing if I talk to Jesus. And notice how he addresses him and asks him, good. (laughs) And Jesus looks back to him and let him know, do you know who you are addressing? Why do you call me good? There's no one good but the Father. Now, that's kind of a, a blow-by line. That's kind of a read-over line because there's, there's nothing really teachable about this message. He's just having fun with this man like, do you know who you're talking to? Letting know that I am good, <laughs> but I ain't good like you think I'm good. I, I know you, he's referring to like a good rabbi, like a good teacher, but Jesus is not a rabbi. He's not a teacher. That's why they ain't like him. How are you going to be teaching us when you're not educated like us? <laughs> well, do you know who I am? <laughs> and so he's letting know, do you know who you are talking to? Do you know, and and this is another time that makes you think about the woman at the Samaritan well, when Jesus asked, do you know who you are talking to? Because he he asked her for water, but he said, if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for water, and I would give you living water. And so here it is, that the one who can give life, eternal life, is the one that came to his question about eternal life. But yet his understanding of eternal life is basically what's going to happen in the time of resurrection, what will I gain, what will I achieve, what will I have? But yet, Jesus is pointing out to him that, all right, uh, your idea about how to gain eternal life, you believe that if you work hard enough, you're going to get it. All right, well, did you obey these commands? Y'all see that there in the text? He let her know that, all right, uh, you, you can follow these instructions. One thing when I want to highlight about this man following instructions, he's letting him know that these are the things that I know you have done well. I, I like this. I like this because... He, he did not put him on front street. He could have embarrassed him saying, I know what you have done. <laughs> but I know the things you've done well. So he just listened because he possibly could have lifted up, thou shalt not covet. Uh, because it seems like he has a love for his possessions. He could have exposed him on some other issue, but yet he said, no, I've done all these things since I was my youth. I, I haven't murdered anybody, I haven't lied, I, I have, I've honored my mother and my father, I haven't bared false testimony. I, I've done all these things well. Yeah. One thing I want to highlight, too, about this man coming to Jesus is helping him out to identify that what is good. And one thing, too, what is good is always being the presence of Jesus. One thing that we want to understand, if I know where I want to go, I want to know, I want to be there with Jesus. Let us not walk this earthly journey by ourselves, thinking we can do it by ourselves. This man understood that in order for me to get eternal life, I need more wisdom, I need more knowledge, I need better understanding. And so he realized, let me go talk to Jesus. And Jesus is elevating him with understanding, letting him know if you follow these precepts, this is good, but this is not good enough. When we are in God's presence, he stretches us to see things bigger and see the bigger picture. This man has singular vision about what can I get to have eternal life. And Jesus pointing out to him, well, if you've done these things, you're doing all right. But one thing I like about the text says, says, Jesus had love for him. He had compassion for him, which tells us that Jesus wants this man to join the team. He said, you, you, you're doing well. You're doing well, young man. You, you're doing well. I'm, I'm glad you'd rather to be in my, in my presence better to be in a thousand else. So I'm glad that you seeked after me. I'm glad you came after me. So I, I'm glad you're doing well. But yet, what he said, one thing, you lack. Uh, there's one thing that is your issue. There's one thing that is troubling you from fully following after me. This man have false sense of security because they believe that if you are wealthy, you are blessed, and if you are wealthy, you are blessed that everything is good. And so the disciples are listening intently when they hear about this man, how wealthy he is and what's going on in his life. And they can tell he's wealthy by the way he's dressed. He ain't dressed like everybody else. He got better clothes on. They're like, this, this man, look, he comes from money. Y'all know the people I'm talking about, how they dress, how they walk. They, they come from money. I can tell they come from money. So here it is, this man's wealthy, coming. And, and yet they're telling him that you lack one thing. Go sell everything that you have. And give it to the poor. And come follow me. Notice this one thing had dual actions and responsibilities. To sell everything that you have. And then come follow me. Remember where is Christ headed? To Calvary. Remember Jesus told his disciples, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow after me. And when we're following after Christ, means I'm dead to this world, so I'm alive in the Spirit. This man replied to him with a sad face. It said his countenance changed. He was good when he says, "Oh, I got them checks down. You know, I, I ain't murdered anyone. I ain't committed adultery. I haven't stolen from anyone. I'm not guilty of lying. I haven't cheated anyone. I, I've honored my mother and my father. But one thing was needed. Will you let go?" Of the things that you're holding on to so tightly. The things that you seem to appreciate more than me. As I talk about again that we're having plans and goals for this year. Is Christ a part of these plans? Because if God told you to let go of what you're holding on to. Will you let go of it? If you are struggling to say yes to letting go. Which means that you got something you love more than Jesus. We must love the Lord our God with all our heart. With all our might and with all our strength. This man was doing so well so far, but yet he had things that he had put before God. He he knows this because he knows he can say the Lord your God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. With all your might and all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. He, he knows the commandment that there shall be no other gods before God. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. But yet this man is struggling to follow the good teacher because he doesn't want to let go of his good possessions. This also highlights to us that sometimes we forget, we overlook, is that Jesus was poor. He was not wealthy. He was a poor man. And him being poor, he's letting this man know that if you want riches, you'll get them in heaven. Great is your reward in heaven. Now, you want eternal life, Well, so you got to let go of the things here, and you'll be wealthy over there. But yet, is the Lord your pleasure? Is he your desire? What will it cost you? See, It means that in order, for oftentimes, for me to get what I want, I must give up something. And there's some things that we just might not give up because we don't want it bad enough. But think about how Christ has shown us how much he loves us, that he gave up his life. There's times in our lives that we volunteer, right? We volunteer. We give up some things. We give up our time, our resources, and our talent, right? We will go and serve places and go do things because we have a desire to give up. And people will compliment you and they pat you on the back. Oh, that's so nice of you. You're so kind. You're so generous. How do you do all these good works? But to you, you're like, I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. And when we're doing what we're supposed to do, we don't see it as a sacrifice but we see it as a purpose and a goal. But yet when someone does not have the same heart and the same mind and the same attitude, that's when they realize it's going to cost me something. We find this oftentimes, people that have no jobs, they want to find jobs, but they don't want that job that's been offered to them. It's going to cost them their dignity. You don't going to catch me doing this. I'm going to do another job so I can brag about, tell everybody the job I have. I'm the president. I, I'm this, I, I'm that. Now, I'm not going to say I'm the sales clerk. Sometimes you look down, but I tell people all the time, looking for a job, I say, the problem is that you have no money. They're offering you money.
2: <laughs>
0: now, if you're too good for their money, then you're too good for a job. I can't help you no more. I, I, I took you, I got you the resume, I did the referral, but now you're going to turn them down after they offered you good money, I'm out. Because what you want is something easy. Now, realizing that if you want something that's easy, you got to first work hard. Come on, somebody. You see, here it is. Christ is showing him that if you want what I have for you, you got to be willing to do the work that's required. You, you, you met these requirements, but that was easy for you. It's going to cost you something now. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I follow you to the ends of the world. All right, will you leave your house or follow after you? Oh, no, never mind. There's a, there's a story about St. Anthony that heard a sermon, this, 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 this is in the Synoptic Gospel, and he heard this message coming out about how this man sold everything, that he went and sold everything and gave it to the poor, but he had, a left, he had enough left for his sister, then he went on to be a monk. That's how the word hit him in such a way, hearing this gospel saying, oh, this is, this is what God is calling me to do. It's amazing when the gospel hits you and lets you know. Remember David wanted to build the temple. And he first got a word that it was okay. But then the word came back and said, no, God said you can't do it. There's too much blood on your hand. Well, David said, that's all right. I'm going to gather everything that I can so that when I'm gone, my son Solomon will be able to build this temple. So when Solomon was born, he had everything that he needed and then some to build the temple because David realized I must give up something. In order for it to be done. So I can't do it, but it's not going to hinder me. I see the bigger picture. Oftentimes in life, when you see the bigger picture, you realize that the cost is too great. When we understand that Christ is calling us to do greater things, that means that we might have to do great sacrifices. The road that calls us to follow after Jesus. Look closely again in the text. Verse 32. Y'all with me? Chapter, chapter 10, jump down to verse 32. It says, They were now on the way up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them. The disciples were filled with awe, and the people falling behind and were overwhelmed with fear, taking the 12 disciples aside. Jesus once more began to describe everything that was about to happen to him. What's happening here is that Jesus is letting them know that you heard me talking to that young man that couldn't give up everything to follow after me. But I want you to know, but I'm about to give up everything for you. Mm. I'm about to be betrayed. I'm about to be lied upon. I'm about to be misused and abused. But yet I'm doing this because I know my greater purpose. I I I don't want to go through this sacrifice. I don't want to go through this pain and suffering. But i got to go through this pain and suffering in order to get the results that's going to benefit you and those that come after you. This is so great because early before, when they heard the man had to sell everything that he had, that's when Peter got bold and said, Lord, we left everything to follow after you. He goes on to say, great is your reward in heaven. I'm going to honor everybody that gives up everything for my name's sake. You're going to be blessed. But the problem is that we want to be blessed now. But you need to wait for your blessing later. Come on, somebody. And that's when Jesus, go back to verse 27, now Mark 10, child, that's when Jesus says, for, they looked at Peter and Tennessee, he was speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. And this comes after when Jesus makes very clear that a camel can't get through the eye of a needle. And they know that makes sense. Because a needle this small, a camel this big, can't get through a needle. And so if that's impossible, how are we going to make it to kingdom when the rich man who's blessed, who God blessed with favor and gave him all these good things, and he's not able to make it into the kingdom of God, that's when we realize that what you have does not matter. You can have a big house, you can have a big car, you can have a fine job, but yet you can be poor towards heaven. Christ is making it very clear that in order to follow after me, you must give up. So what's that one thing that you can't give up? There's many people are going through times of fasting. There's many people going through times of letting go and, and giving up. And here's the thing, that oftentimes when we give up these things, right, we realize that I don't need it as much as I thought I did. And, and when we give up those things, the struggle comes from our habit of always doing that one thing, whether it was the food you ate or the, the indulgence you took care of, whatever it is you're giving up. That's the time when you spend the prayer, Lord, I need you more than I need these things. We need to realize how much we love Jesus, and how His love will motivate us to give up the things that will hinder our relationship with Him. As you're looking over your goals and your purpose, and where you want to go, and who you want to be, realize that there's some that on your journey. There's going to be some distractions. There's going to be some people that want to tell you how you can make a shortcut, or how you can go this way. But I want you to understand that God will guide your hands through the storms, and it will lead you to those valleys. And it'll lead you to those peaks. And you may go down or go back down in the valley. But guess what? Guess who's still with you? Through the good times and the bad times, our God is there. He is forever faithful. But the problem is that we only want to see the good. We know how it goes, right? We tell everybody about our glory, but they don't know the story. They don't know what you've been through. They don't know what you've gone through. And the reason why? Because God is good. That you don't look like what you've been through. Lord have mercy. We're so, God, so glad that our God can recover us and renew us and refresh us that we can get old. We can say, I can look back and realize that, God, you are a good God. But at first, I got to be willing to give it up. The cost of one thing is my life. Jesus gave his life so that we might have everlasting life. But I want to hold on to my life, and yet I can't get eternal life. Because I'm holding on to my life. What does Christ says? What does a man profit gain the whole world, but loses his soul? What you give up for the Lord will be your gain. There's nothing greater than the kingdom of heaven. We're going to find out that when it comes back, that all things will be settled. And when it's said and done, you want to see where you will be. Paul wrote in the Philippians three and eight says, "Yes, everything else is worthless." when compared with an infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ. And this man won eternal life. But Jesus let him know that good enough is not good enough. There's one thing you lack. There's one thing you lack, involve you to take these two actions to let go of everything that you have and come and follow me I' encourage you as you're making your goals for this new year what are you willing to let go that you might have Jesus I know you have your preference I know you have your plans but yet does your purpose and your plans involve Jesus Will he get the glory? Will he be magnified? Will he be lifted up by your goals? And oftentimes our goals, remember, is very myopic, We're only thinking about our sins. But notice how Jesus was on his journey, allowed his man to interrupt his journey. But notice what Jesus did. He didn't tell him, go by yourself. He said, no, join in with me. Oh, Lord, have mercy. When we can follow in with God, he's going to lead us to where we want to be. And here's the thing about this journey. When we allow God to lead us in this journey, we're going to find out the things that was was holding us back are the things that we can let go because once we're with him, we're not concerned about those other things. If I can keep my mind stayed on him, he'll keep me in perfect peace. He'll remove all pain and suffering from my life. There's, There's something that goes on in our lives that when we're in pain and suffering, but when I think about Jesus, some of us have been there, or you might have visited somebody, and you, I'm going to tell you all the time, when I go visit members and I see them in the hospital, or I see them in times of grief, they put smiles on their face when they start talking about Jesus. They're in pain, they're in suffering, but when they think about Jesus, they realize that it's not as bad as it could be. It's not what I want it to be, but I know because of Jesus, everything's going to be all right. It's not right right now. But I know soon it's going to come. What, what this helps me to understand that my condition is not permanent. <laughs> what I understand that what I'm going through right now is I'm going through. Y'all catch that? That means that this is not my destination. I just got to pass by this place. I, I know many times in our lives that when we're on our journey to going to somewhere we want to be, we might go through some places that we don't want to go. But understand that the road takes us through there because it's a part of the journey. Sometimes we get caught up with the destination, realizing that the journey is part of the lesson. that is going to get you to where you want to be, that when you get there, as soon as you cross over, as soon as you see Jesus, you say, Amen. And remember, Amen means I agree. Which means is that now I look back, I agree with you, Lord. <laughs> through the good days and the bad days, you helped me to make it through. There were some things in my life that I was keep holding on to, but you kept on reminding me that I need to let go. And as soon as I let go, I realized that I felt better. <laughs> you know that song, right? I lay my burdens down, I feel better, so much better since I lay my burdens down. Because we know that God will lift us up. I'll encourage you, I want to encourage you today that take the inventory in your life. What's the one thing you need to let go? What's the one thing that you have allowed to hinder you to being closer with God? See if you can schedule some time in your life and say, Lord, I, I've allowed this show. I've allowed this food. I've allowed this activity to blind me from fully serving you. I want to let it go. And say, God, I'm going to go through the pain and the heartache of letting go. Because notice, it wasn't easy. This man, it wasn't easy. His face dropped because it wasn't easy. But notice this. It was still an open invitation. He says, as soon as you do this, come, follow me. I don't know how soon that rich man may have done that, but I got to believe that he probably did. That he might have been home thinking about, you know what, I really don't need all this stuff. But I do need Jesus. I don't know how I will make it without him. And realizing that everything that I can give up for his name, say, guess what? He's going to bless me. That's why Peter said, Lord, we gave up everything. But notice Peter was never one of fool. Y'all quiet on Y'all remember they were hungry on the hill? What y'all got? Bring it to them. They had leftovers. That took them on the boat with them to go to the other side. <laughs> you understand that when you are with Jesus, you're never going to be in need. Amen. So if you make him a part of your journey, you're going to find out you're going to get to where you want to be. You remember, God is the God of deliverance. The God that we've come to know as Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the fulfillment of what God did from Egypt. And oftentimes we mentioned, remember, they walked through Egypt. They never won. The clothes did not run out. They never without food. They we were never without water. God always Provide, even while they were in the wilderness, even when enemies came after them, God brought them through. So I want to encourage you that I don't know what you're going to face in this new year, but I know as long as you got Jesus, everything is going to be all right. So the question is, what's the one thing that's limiting you from giving Jesus everything that you have? And I want you to say, Lord, I surrender. I give it all to you. Allow him to minister to you, guide you, and draw you so you can be everything you want to be in Christ. Because he's going to lead you in that direction. Let us pray. God, we just thank you. For that you'd never leave us nor forsake us. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your grace, your mercy, and love is everlasting. Father, search our hearts and our minds reveal to us, Lord, our hidden faults. That they may not have mastery over us. God, forgive us for our willful sins that we have done that led us away from you. But, Lord, we thank you that your grace, your mercy is everlasting. And, Lord, we want to get right with you and follow after you. We want to be your fully devoted disciples, that we will deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow after you. Therefore, those it's no longer we who live, but it's you that live within us, who died on the cross for our sins and set us free. Oh, Father, we pray that you will guide us to be great witnesses to others that they might know how to, to be saved. How to come to know you by how we live our lives. Help us, Lord, to be better witnesses this year than we have in the past. That more might come to know Jesus because they see you moving in our lives. And Lord, and there might be someone here looking for a church home. Oh, Father, we, Lord, that they're looking to be baptized and celebrate the communion of the saints. Father, we thank you, Lord, you add on daily unto your church, such should be saved. And so, Lord, if that is this place of sign, Lord, we ask you to bless them, to feel comfortable coming forth, and that we will reach out to them and follow them disciple them, that they can join this fellowship. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 We will extend a hand of discipleship. And um, at this moment in time, but also we want to also be prepared to give uh, God his tithes, our offering after we break bread together on this first Sunday. And so as we prepare to uh, eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we do so remembers our Lord and Savior. Uh, Jesus on the night of his betrayal gathered with the disciples and said, this is my body. He took of the body, blessed it, and broke it and gave it to them, and they ate. Then likewise, after he took of the cup and he blessed the cup and said, this represents my blood. They poured out for the minister's sins, drinky all of it, and they drank together. The Bible tells us that as often as we eat, as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we do so until His coming back again. And so we thank God for the power of the resurrection and that He's coming back again. Let us pray to receive these elements as we break bread together. Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you, God, for this 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 body and this blood which was broken for us, which was. Bled for us that we might be forgiven for our sins and be made clean by the blood of the Lamb. Now, Father, we bless this that Your presence be with us as we eat of this bread and we drink of this cup. We do so in remembrance of You until You coming back again. We pray. Amen. Amen. As the Minister Deacons, please come forward. Prepare to o o o Say eat, let us eat together. Likewise he took the cup, and he blessed the cup and said, This is my represents my blood. He poured out for the midst of the sins. Drink ye all of it, let us drink together. They gathered everything, the exit singing hymns, and we likewise will gather everything, and then let us. I will now lead us in time of prayer as we pray to give God his tithes and his offerings. This is the, the first Sunday of this new year. We have to bless God with the first fruits of our offering to give mm-hmm. to him. We thank God for how he's already blessed us, and we freely give back to him what already belongs to him. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy. Now we freely give back to you what already belongs to you. Uh, Lord, bless those Lord, who have desired to give but yet have not. Father, we thank you. You supply all our needs. May you be glorified. May you be magnified and, be, and blessed. What is given for the building and the work of your church and the expanding of your kingdom. For Jesus Christ name, Lord, we pray. Amen. And they ask the usher to please come forward and lead us. Yeah mm <laughs> my church business meeting, um, Friday, January 12th at 6.30 p.m. here at Zion, and then also we're we'll looking to resume Bible study uh, on Wednesday, January 24th. We'll resume Bible study in this new year, uh, 2024, and January 24th. And I encourage everybody to join us for Sunday school at 9 a.m. Also, you can join us via Zoom. For those who are unable to join us here Sunday morning at 9 a.m., all are welcome. Sunday school. And also next um, week, I think those who are planning to attend the Martin Luther King luncheon, you see uh, Sister Trustee, uh, Sister Lily, and see her for our, the luncheon opportunity uh, next week uh, on Monday, uh, those who are will be sitting at Zion's table. Uh, let us stand now, prepare for our doxology, to sing our doxology, and our, receive our benefits. THE END